Okay, oh, we're live. Mr. Nate. How we doing? We're doing good. I want to say thanks for coming in for our second episode yeah. of I'm Not Sold. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really am excited because we finally figured out a good name for it. And to me, that felt like the big first battle. You sure. know what I mean? We knocked that out of the park. I think we were trying too hard when we were trying to name it. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. You know how it goes. The best things come naturally. Seriously. So yeah. When it fell out of the mouth, it was just like... <laughs> All <laughs> of us in the room stopped. You could hear like a mouse fart. You're like, oh, this is it. Yeah. That's the we one. We came on something good. So, we came uh, on something good. No, man, it's good. It's good to be here. I really, really like it. This is something I've wanted to do. Going back to college, I did do this, you know, for a part-time, so... Anything podcasting, I'm super, super open for, and I'm always down. Well, and I'm glad you're a veteran here because I'm new to it. <laughs> oh, I got the camera looking at us, and yeah. the microphone thing is a little off-putting at first, but it's going to yeah. be fun. It's fun. We it's get a to good sit time. here and talk smack to one exactly. another. Exactly. So. No, and that's the biggest thing. Like when I had guests on in the past for my old podcast, they would like, we'd be talking, right? It'd be casual conversation, you know, like normal. And then the moment you sit down in front of these two mics, they're just like, oh. Huh. Right. Oh, hi. Right. Hi. <laughs> it's like it's a chill, relax, man. It's just a microphone. Trying you know to be what I mean? Too careful yeah. with your words. Yeah, exactly. No. Over enunciating everything. Hundred percent. And I'm just the total opposite. <laughs> where like I'll just speak my mind. You know what I mean? Like I'll put myself in rabbit holes where I'm like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't put that on the internet. <laughs> I'm too late now, man. We're yeah, already, right. We're, there. We're already getting there. We're already getting there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not sold. Episode two. I'm really, really excited. I don't really have like a, I have a rough itinerary that we can talk about, but I'm not sure how serious versus not serious you really want to get. Well, we're going to scratch whatever you got in your head that yeah. you can add to it. Okay. Because as a new agent going through the process, yeah. I want to dive in a little deeper too. It's been a handful of years before since mm-hmm. I've gone through the schooling process and of the course. testing and all that. Yeah. And I can have my recollections of what it was like. Mm-hmm. And my memories are a little bit skewed because it was not really... A momentous time in my life mm-hmm. so i don't remember a whole lot of it totally but for the new agents that might be listening to this mm-hmm. maybe you can give them some input some advice yeah and some do's and don'ts because you're almost through the process mm-hmm. getting ready to go into testing mm-hmm. and it's a scary time because there's a lot you need to learn mm-hmm. and there's so much information that you have to put in your brain and you don't know what to keep there and and how to strategize and organize all that information to to it's make it useful big, for you. It's the biggest thing. You really hit the nail on the head, right? So for the viewers watching at home, I am getting my Arizona real estate license just so we can kind of get that out there, you know, have that context behind it. But you're totally right, Josh. I mean, I finished the class, right? 90 hours. I got my, you know, I did my, I cut my teeth. I did my due diligence on that one. But the biggest part is trying to figure out what to study. 2,000 possible questions, and they only put 140 on the test, right? So that's a large error or a large margin of, should I, you know, do I focus on this? Do I not focus on this? Um, and sometimes I hyper-focus on one thing. And the last thing I'd want, you know, especially as a new agent going into it, is like I studied, you know, chapters two, three, four, five, six, super, super hard, right? But each on the test, it only covers like two questions, right? And then let's say I breeze through chapter 12 or 13, and then that's like a half of those tests, you know what I mean? So again, that's probably a really bad hypothetical, but my point being from it is it's really, really confusing. And I wish that they kind of teed it up a little bit easier. I want to say, obviously, part of me, I'll I'll go back to go forward. A part of me wants to make the test a little bit harder because there's 90,000 active agents in Arizona. And there's so many people out there that I just want to trim the fat on. You know what I mean? Like no against the current agents out there, but if you got your license 
and then you sold your mom, your dad a house, maybe some family friends, and like you, then you're done. That to me is kind of like a waste. You know what I mean? A waste of your time. And honestly, it oversaturates the market and it takes away from guys like myself who are young, who are ambitious, and who actually want to like go out and make a difference. You know what I mean? So going back forward though to it, I kind of wish they made the test a little bit harder even. I know I've, I haven't even taken it yet and I've talked to a lot of people who've taken it four or five, six, seven, 10, 12, 13 different times. You know what I mean? And um, I, there was just, I go back and forth every day because there's just a little part of me that wishes that um, uh, I knew what was on the test. So like, it'd be like, oh, okay, that's easier for me to study. But then there's another side of me that's like, I wish that they don't give you any idea of what's on the test. So that way we can kind of trim the fat and get some of these agents out of here. And I th- kind of think that's where like the market is headed as well. Yeah. I mean, that was a mouthful what you said. But one thing <laughs> I want to add is I do think the barrier to entry into the realm of real estate is far too low. Um, from what I understand... I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. No. So what I'm trying to say is that the 90 hours that they require, plus the contract writing class and all the testing, mm-hmm. anybody can do it. Uh, you put your mind to it, you're going to get through it. It might take you a couple tries on the testing, but it's not something that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Going into what you were saying about, um, how do I say this properly? I'd say people that get into the industry without the intent of being a professional within mm-hmm. the field, yeah, they're going to burn themselves out, but they might capture a deal or two. And when you take that number and you stretch it out to the 90,000 agents that are out there, I think it's closer to 75. I don't mean to correct you, but it's something like yeah, that. Right. There's an insane amount of agents out there. Mm-hmm. And if all of them are doing one or two deals where they really shouldn't be doing them at all, I mean, good for them. They're making some money. Right. However, the professionals out there that are trying to do this for a career and a living, it really complicates things. So as far as barriers to entry, I think there should be a little bit more um, just to vet people out, to yeah. let them know that. Getting your license doesn't mean that you're going to be a successful agent. Mm-hmm. So let's figure out if this is really what you want to do because there's a lot of work that you have to put into it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things, especially in this changing market. Mm-hmm. People are going to have to work a lot harder to do their job, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's the truth. At the heart of it, you're an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? And you just happen to choose real estate to be kind of like your gap or like your bridge to the world, right? So a lot of connotations of agents out there and some of them are true some of them are not you know depends on the type of agent you are some people wake up grab coffee you know kind of mill around the house maybe make one or two phone calls you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and they kind of like do that whole thing right and then you can go out at night at the bars and be like yeah i'm a real estate agent you know what i mean but then you have like the other side of the fence networking is key yeah true that but then you got the other side of the fence and those are the people that like have ran previous businesses in the four like before or they at least understand like hey this isn't waking up at eight and nine in the morning and just hanging out this is backbreaking grueling getting up at six getting up at five making 35 phone calls before 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. all just for them to say no 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 call me back no get you know f you yada 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 right. right i think that's a huge aspect that people just don't really think about you know what i mean and they don't even touch about it during school as well and i'm not saying that needs to be like an extra chapter to test on but i think as a student going through it and just finishing school i think it'd be really really key for one of them to just like hey i'm gonna level with you guys you got your real estate license, you got your little certificate that doesn't, like you said, that doesn't equate to you being a good real estate agent. Yeah, you might get a couple deals, like you said, Josh, but if you really want to be successful and you want to be a professional in this field, you have to work like no other. 
you have to work. And that's just the simple fact of it. You know what I mean? I so, think that yeah. the purpose of a real estate license is to protect yourself legally. True. It doesn't set you up for success in the field of conducting business. Mm-hmm. I mean, they require the one contract writing classes, which is going to be the most relevant part of the job. Mm-hmm. But realistically, that should be what your broker is going over stuff with you. Yeah. That contract writing course mm-hmm. should be in a mentorship program over a period of five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. You should get your hands on as many contracts as possible rather than just sitting in front of someone expressing to you or explaining to you line by line what everything means, which is a very good thing to know and to understand. Mm-hmm. However, until you're actually submitting these contracts and in the midst of negotiations, none of that's really going to click with you. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm not sold on here is that the real estate license, it doesn't prepare you for your career. Yeah. It, it basically cuts all the tape for you to legally practice, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you're going to do things the right way. Yeah. So what we should take away from this is finding a good broker, finding a support program and a mentor. Maybe you want to do things on your own and fail the right way a couple of mm-hmm. times. And you'll figure it out eventually. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, real estate school, it's a, it's, it's a formality, but yeah. it's not going to get you where you it need really to be. It really is. It teaches, I, I kind of have a similar connotation with uh, me getting my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to North Dakota State for my bachelor's degree. And um, at the end of the day... It, bisons, right? Yeah, uh-huh, go bison. Um, but... At the end of the day, it really just teaches you to do your chores. You know what I mean? Like, and that's it. Busy work. Yeah, busy work, right? It just gives you something to do for the next three, four weeks or months or however long it takes you to get Which through it. busy but. work in every every education system, going from first grade all the way to my adulthood. Yeah. Busy work has just drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's going to produce any, any value for yourself. Yeah. In some cases, if you twist it and you learn something from it, busy work is, is going to put you back. You make a good point, though. Like, I always kind of measure, and maybe to a fault, like how my day went based off of, like, did I move the ball forward, right? Like, am I climbing the mountain? Am I one step higher? And sometimes just doing all that busy work makes me feel like I've completed nothing that day. Yeah, you're sitting there spinning your tires, man. Exactly. You're not getting anything done. 100%, yeah. And then it's 3, 4, 5 o'clock. I'm going home. It's time for dinner. You know what I mean? And I'm just like upset you know what i mean not actually upset but i'm just kicking myself because it's like well what could i've like what could have i done today like that would replace all this busy work that would have actually put me a little bit farther in life sure. yeah I mean, so some that's people can work for four hours and exactly not get anything done whereas someone else can come in for 10 minutes and actually make a produceful yeah. step forward exactly and that's the biggest thing and that even kind of goes back to like my old job as well that i had before i kind of like got into real estate Really, really fun job. Don't get me wrong. I met a lot of good network connections through there and, you know, lifelong friends, you know, that you meet throughout your time. But there was just so many days where I was just doing basically nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was doing my little tasks and this and that or whatever. What was your job? I was a marketing agent. So I was a junior. So what the official title was, I worked for V Digital Services. And we can cut this, mic if you want to. I'm not sure if I want to call them out on it. But I worked for V Digital and I was a junior uh, marketing coordinator, which essentially meant that I got a book of business of 30 to 35 clients every month. And each of those clients equated to like, I don't know, $1,200 a month to all the way up to like 20 grand a month, right? Sure. In a- digital ad spend. And I would set up Google Doc or Google Docs. I'd set up Google and Facebook campaigns for them. And that kind of uh, then stretched to like LinkedIn and then Twitter. And I basically ran ads on like all of the social media platforms. It was a really cool job, right? 
the experience was awesome. So you got to spend people's money. Oh yeah, it was fun, but also really, really scary. You Until know how the book got thrown at oh you a couple gosh, times. Oh my gosh, dude! The do you know how many down. times I freaking crap my pants Monday morning when I get an email from a client who's not as happy with the results? You know what I mean? And it was just like. You got to sit there, you got to scramble, you got to work with your account manager and be like, all right, what are we going to do to try to talk this client off the ledge? You know what I mean? And then it would always escalate. And then the vice president of like the branch would get involved and he'd sit you down and then you'd be like, well, how could we fix this today? You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, it wasn't for me. And that's the thing with marketing too. It's, it's hit or miss trial mm -hmm. and error, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's never going to work the same way twice. And there's so many clients that they brought in. And this kind of goes out to like other agencies as well. And you could even take the same kind of concept and just like apply it to whatever your field of work is. Right. But there's so many clients out there that expect one thing and you can try your best to deliver on that. And heck, you could even deliver on it, but they're still not happy. You know what I mean? Like I've, I have one client in particular. I won't name them. <clears throat> Excuse me. But... They come in, right? Salesman sells them. Great. We jump on an onboarding call together. And I'm like, hey, we yada, yada, yada. What are your pain points? What can I do to help you out? She's like, oh, I wanted to get more leads. You know, let's drive more traffic to my website. This, that, you know, I got this brand new like promotional special coming out. So let's try to throw that in there as well. Sounds great, right? Nothing out of the ordinary for me. Make the campaign, run it for three weeks. Three weeks go by, no response from her. And then on that final like kind of wrap up call day, because it was just like a little test before they wanted to, a lot of clients, you would sell them for like three weeks, four weeks, five weeks to like test it. And if they liked the results, then they'd come back in and give you, you know, 10, 15, 20 grand over yeah. the next four or five months. So we finished up their little test period and she calls and then we got her results, right? Like she got like, I don't even know how many people on her website. I'd probably say like a thousand like unique people to go to her website a day, which was great for her. But she was still upset. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, what What do you want? You know what I mean? And no, then well. it ended up turning into this whole escalation and this whole thing. And then I sat down in my vice president's office and him and I were talking about like, well, what do you think you could do to make this better? And how could we fix it? And I was like, honestly, dude, nothing. That wasn't perfect. You know what I mean? But he was still trying to dig a level deeper. And that day, like set in stone, I was like, you know what? I just don't think this is for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that kind of what drove me into this. So it's just crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. You know, that's uh, your little story that reminds me of the same thing as with contracting. Yeah. You know, you can give someone exactly what they want for the price that they wanted, mm -hmm. the time they wanted it done they'll find a way to be unhappy about it. Yeah. And then it's on you to go through and, and fix that problem. Mm -hmm. But there's never a solution for it because it's just the person that's just genuinely unhappy with the process mm -hmm. and the results, which it's unfortunate, but you have to prepare yourself for stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, however, marketing, you know, you had the, the opportunity to step away from that, so that's good. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be able to wear multiple hats. So in case, you know... <clears throat> I'm just not feeling it on the marketing side that day. I can put on the real estate hat and then vice versa as well. So I kind of like to think I'm relatively unique in that aspect. Well, so I think you're going to throw your real estate license away here pretty soon, honestly. <laughs> We're going to keep you too busy doing yeah, marketing right. stuff. Yeah, right. You're telling me I'm going to get it and then I can just You light find up like a, a Christmas tree up. with a new idea to market something. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll figure it we'll out. We'll make fun with it. We'll figure it out. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask yeah. you, since we have people listening that might be going through the process again. I want to ask you about the classroom setting at the school. Yeah. So when I went, which would have been, oh, I was licensed in 2017. Mm -hmm. 
So when I went, it was just an in-classroom setting. This is pre-COVID. Yeah. Everything was in person. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I They may have had an online option, but I'm not the type of person that yeah. can put my ADD aside to yeah. sit there and watch a video for 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Because I did the, I think they call it the, the, the crash course mm -hmm. or the accelerated course. Mm -hmm. Nine days, 10 hour days. You get four and a half hours of lecture, one hour. What is it? No, you do five hours of lecture, you get one hour break, and then five more hours. Wow. And you do that for a period of two business weeks. Yeah. So after the end of nine days, you've got your credits already mashed up. Wow. And by then, you should have had your finger fingerprint clearance card cleared out and your testing scheduled. So yeah. uh, class, the classroom setting for me was all in person. Uh, thinking back, uh, I know that they don't do that entirely anymore. Mm -hmm. well, how is it now? Is it hybrid? Is it all online? So I decided you can still do that there's uh they still have the crash course available or i think they've like accelerated course i can't remember like what the actual name for it was but that option was available but for me this will be kind of different like you and i this is where i kind of see like a huge difference in how uh, we both went to school because for me going back i spent my last year and a half through college it, throughout covid so i'm really really used to learning hybrid models and learning online and sitting mm, down on the computer and doing all that stuff right not saying it's my number one preference like don't get me wrong if i had the time to get in the classroom and do that i would 100 percent. but i mean i just I, I actually did the opposite. I started in the classroom. I did like two or three days there. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go do this at home. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I could be more productive somehow, some way, you know, and yada, 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 See, this for and me, that. Yeah. If someone's forcing me to sit in a classroom and I can't leave, mm -hmm. I've got to be there. Yeah. Whereas if I were sitting here on my computer trying to watch this course, I'm going to go in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm going to give me a snack. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to turn into me watching TV for an hour. I'm going to procrastinate. Yeah. I don't want to be sitting here in front of this screen. <laughs> so the only way it worked for me was to actually be in the environment yeah. where the information is just being forced at you mm -hmm. and you can't leave. Yeah. Because they took attendance and they took role. And if you weren't there, if you took longer than a five-minute break to mm -hmm. go potty or whatever you wanted to do, smoke a cigarette, yeah. they'd say, no, you're, you're vetoed out for the day. Or not vetoed, but your attendance has been canceled for the day because you missed too much time. Yeah. So it really made it easy for me to just kind of shut off my life shut my world down for two weeks and say, well, I guess this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. For 10 hours, a day, 10 hours a day, I'm gonna be in here listening to this guy talk about real estate. <laughs> when they, uh, like let's say hypothetically, you didn't make it back in the class, are you rolled back another day then? Yeah, so or the school that I went to, they have an ongoing um, schedule of all the courses. Yeah. And they line them up in nine day periods. So mm -hmm. say on day three, you missed uh, session number three. Mm -hmm that classroom is going to continue rolling for day four all the way up to day nine. So then if you miss day three, you can continue to go to day four because it's all just different subject material. Mm -hmm. But then you'd have to wait for another day three session to come around, which would have been, you know, six more days plus three. Yeah. So it'd be, that's... it sets you back another 10 days yeah. or a couple days. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> but it actually makes it nice though, because on the onboard, on the crash course, you can say you want to do it in nine days. Yeah. But if it takes you 27 because you miss a couple of days, so be it. You can pick up a class here and there. Yeah. That's cool. And I knew going in, you know, I did my research and I asked the right questions to a lot of people. They all told me the same things, which if you guys are listening, what I want to tell you is that everything you learn in school. It's going to keep you legal, but you're not going to use that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's more or less for your broker to enforce to you, so it's good to know it. But when it comes to doing real estate, you're going to forget it all. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think I can speak to that firsthand as well. I've had, <clears throat> excuse me, I've obviously had a lot of uh, 
different agents like my buddies who are active agents and stuff like that walk up to me and like they'd be like oh what chapter are you on and i'm like oh i'm on 16 17 whatever right yeah and i don't want to like name out anything specific but basically it'd be pointless right and they'd be like oh yeah that's gonna be pointless you know what i mean <laughs> which kind of sucks you know what i mean like i get that you have to go through all these hoops within the school itself but i wish that there was a way that they could kind of bridge the gap between like this is what you need to know but this is pointless but this is what you need to know and this is pointless but you know what i mean i wish there was kind of like a better way that they could help this because like when you go in the class and you've seen it firsthand i've seen it firsthand they're basically like yeah well, you need to know all of this stuff yeah, right yeah you with they, yeah exactly 100 percent. yeah and then pass your state or pass your school pass your state and national you get out into the real world and then every other agent that you ever talked to is like i don't remember that you know what i mean and you're just like wait what like i really well, just stressed and worked my ass off for three four five weeks for nothing yeah you won't forget it entirely because they'll force the continuing education down yeah, your throat true. and it's all the same stuff coming back and you might even get a flare-up of ptsd saying <laughs> man i don't want to even think about taking that process again but <laughs> You know, it's good information to know. It definitely does enhance your career to understand yeah. uh, things that you'll learn things in real estate school that only the title company is going to need to use. Mm -hmm. And it's not in our line of, it's not in our scope of work to answer questions about title related issues mm -hmm. and as well as lending. Mm -hmm. You know, we can have general questions like what is a mortgage, FHA, VHA, but mm -hmm. when it comes to rates, terms, all that stuff, our answer is always going to be, you need to talk to a professional on that. Mm -hmm. And that's when I bring in Roxana because she's a lending professional here. Yeah. And I say, she's, she's got stud. questions for you. You handle this. Yeah. And I'm over here and I'll stay in my lane with real estate. She's a super stud when it comes to lending. There's oh, been yeah. times where I like ask her like a relatively like more basic lending question. You know what I mean? And then like, she'll just hit me with a wall of like current updated information. <laughs> and then she's like, no, come here, check out the computer. And then on the fly, she's right. like ripping through tabs. And, and you're, you're like, like oh. I just had a quick yes or no <laughs> yeah. answer. But. Like, Oh, whoa. So no, she's a super stud. Yeah. yeah. It is crazy. It's really good to have her in our corner. Yeah. You know what? Everybody that's a part of this group though, mm -hmm. they're all in the same capacity. They want to serve to the best of their ability, which is, it's really interesting how we came across this group and how they're attracted to what we're doing here. So, I'm very grateful for everybody that's a part of this system. Yeah, I agree with you here. And that kind of even, if I could shout out the guy behind the camera and myself, I feel like him and I do a lot of quality work here, yeah. you know? And I think the reason that, yeah, we butt heads like brothers sometimes, you know what I mean? But, um, and even with you, it just shows like the level of care that we want to bring to this, you know right. what I mean? And maybe it comes off a little bit harsh, you know what I mean? But if you want to be successful and be a solid entrepreneur, you got to have a little tough love in your life, you know what I mean? And I think anyone out there who owns a business or <clears throat> even is like really successful in the real estate field, they can be like, oh yeah, I agree with him. You know so what I mean? So speaking from my perspective, you know, you guys can call me whatever you want. I am, yeah. I'm kind of like the one that's kind of organizing all this stuff. So mm -hmm. it's great when you guys come up with an idea, you love it, he loves it. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. I'm not sold on that idea. Uh -huh. So we got to break it apart and fix it. And both of you guys, your jaws drop, your eyes go sad, and you're just like, what? <laughs> Let's make it better. And we do. We I do. mean, how many times have we shifted we gears? And look at us now. We're sitting here on a podcast, yes. whereas last week we had a studio set up. Exactly. And we were just doing, like, very intimate videos, which were informative. Mm hmm but I'd much rather do this engaging setup to where we can actually talk, have no, a conversation. I agree with you. And the impact just wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. obviously the utility of the videos are there and they're out on YouTube. Show Holmes, go check us out. But if you like really like look at like, okay, like let's think about it from like a consumer perspective, which I always try to think of being a marketer, you know, by trade, 
it's just it's gonna be few and far between that someone's gonna want to like specifically go into youtube unless they're new agents you know what i mean and i've set up the videos to like attract new agents but on the off chance that no one views it it's just kind of like well was that a waste of like a day you know what i mean like did we just waste our time you know and then you kind of start going through that yeah. like negative connotation you know, thought process when we were making those videos <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> when we were making those videos i knew fully well that they're not just going to happen across people. No yeah. one's going to stumble across them. Mm -hmm. But it's a good resource for us to get that information out there so we can direct them to the videos because someone can ask me a question. I can answer it wholeheartedly. But when they go back to kind of verify what I was saying, it's mm -hmm. going to be out there for them again. Mm -hmm. um, we have a couple agents that interviewed with us, and they forgot to ask a few questions. Mm -hmm. And they went through. They found the YouTube videos. Oh, really? And they called me back the next day. I said, hey, I saw your videos. You answered a few questions I didn't even think I should be answer asking. Uh -huh. So I appreciate that. And without even having to interview any other brokers, they decided they want to come on board over mm -hmm. here. That's cool. That's so really, really she's cool. She's actually in the process of doing her testing this week. I'd like to get her in here, get her opinion on the on the process. I wonder if she passed the first one. Yeah. I don't think she was fully prepared for it. Oh, I get you on that. Um, because I always, I always tell people the same conversation we just had in that you're not going to use everything that you learn. Yeah. But you have to know it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get too far ahead of yourself and you say, I got this. I got this. I understand it all. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, there's a hundred, or excuse me, there's a thousand possible questions. Mm -hmm. Which ones are they going to throw at you? Yeah. So it's it's a memory game uh, sometimes you'll get lucky you'll you'll get all the questions that you think that you know that you do know yeah and other times you'll get one like i don't remember studying anything about this like, what what is this why are we measuring townships like, what, what are we talking about here and i got when a, am i going to use this oh my gosh i got a question for you i'm going to just fire it out before i forget it but this kind of goes back to us talking about um like the level of care and kind of like why we get on each other and stuff like that. And you have always I love been, you guys, you've all, I know I love it too. Right. It's a blast. I love to be able to come in here, work hard, but also have fun while doing it. But was there like a mindset shift in you that you like woke up one day or have you always been just like, you know what? I'm never going to be as hard on you as you are on yourself. Or is that something that like you've internalized? Cause You've had people you coming down. Manager's yeah, perspective? yeah, from a manager's perspective. Um, if you guys look into my history and my background a little bit, you'll see that I haven't had a real job other than working for myself in mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah, I've had a little job just to pay bills while I'm building up my empire and doing yeah, this and this. Of course, I've always told myself the same thing. I said I don't trust the people that I'm working for, and every time I put myself in the leadership position or in the managerial position. Mm -hmm. I want to create that environment where the people that are working with me, I don't use the word for me, they're working with me, mm -hmm. especially in this industry because everybody is self-employed. Mm -hmm. We're all our own bosses. We're all our own bosses. Badasses. <laughs> We're all our own bosses. Okay. We're all our own leaders. My job is to basically, I use the word basically a lot. My job is to essentially put us in a path, put us in direction, yeah. and have everybody come together so we can just go in that direction with mm -hmm. the greatest magnitude possible. It's cool. It's cool that you're able to do that because I've worked a lot of um, part-time jobs as well. You know what I mean? Granted, not probably as many as you, um, but, you know, just floating around like in between college and even after mm -hmm. college a little bit trying to figure out like what my career is going to be like. And of 95% of the bosses that I talk to, you know, or managers, I should say, quote unquote, they're just like, they're so tough. You know what I mean? So for me coming in, um, and granted, like how I came in and met you, we can talk about that if you want to. It's a little bit kind of different how I uh, came in as a wannabe agent and you then kind of left the with a marketing job. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I'll tell the story. 
Okay. I'll make it real quick. Yeah, because it looks like we're getting the uh, the thumbs up from our camera guy over there. So I'll make it real quick. I'm going through school. I'm about five weeks into it, right? I just left my job, and I got savings. You know what I mean? So it's not like I'm, like, scrambling by any right, sense right. of the term, right? But there's always that pressure. So I end up going on LinkedIn or indeed, excuse me, and I'm just applying for brokerages because still little old me not thinking that you uh, interview a brokerage. I think it's like the old school way where, you know, like I got to dress up, do the whole nine yards, interview myself, put myself out there. Right. Still a good like, you know, concept to like go by. But I found you. (laughs) I apply. You know what I mean? And I heard nothing for like six hours. So be it. Right. (laughs) You're busy. Yada, yada, yada. All of a sudden I just get a direct message from you that just says, I like what you got coming to my office. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Okay. Sounds good. So, <laughs> oh God, it's funny. So I come in the office. Uh, no, ex- excuse me. I was like, what time works for you? And then you just put like 11 and that was it. I was like, oh crap. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Very so, straight to the point. Right. Here. Exactly. Uh, so I didn't sleep at all that night. I was super nervous. Right. I had no idea what I was going to get into. And then <laughs> wake up, put on my five piece suit. You saw it. Yeah. Right. Come into the office about 15 minutes early. I walked in and we can put some like B roll shots here, but it's such a unique office here. Right. I walked in and I immediately was like, Oh, I like this. I like this a lot. You know what I mean? Ended up meeting you. We sat down, we broke bread, ended up meeting some of your uh, agents that were active here at the time. And you know, I just really got like that welcome feeling like, Oh, okay. This is a fun spot. But you and I get to talking and then you were like, so what do you do? You know, I mean, like, oh, I'm a marketer. I ran my agency and I ran my own business in the past. I ran it all the way up until COVID and then they knocked me out and then I kind of moved down here, yada, yada, yada. Right. Not the point I'm trying to make. Right. Point I'm trying to make, though, from it is you're like, I think we could use you. You know what I mean? And to me. That was, I don't know if the universe aligned, you know what I mean? I don't know if something's shining down on me or if I couldn't tell you what the heck happened, you know what I mean? But you and I kind of figured out a deal where I could help you, responsibilities, roles. And I get in the car about 25 minutes later and I'm like, holy crap, I'm a marketing director for this brokerage, you know what I mean? So it's just so crazy for me. That's kind of a long story short, yeah, or a short story long, but... It's what just, I tell everyone, this yeah. is a place of opportunity. So you come in my doors, I'm going to use your superpowers. Mm-hmm. Anybody listening, we can use you over here. And if you aren't doing what Josh is doing, uh, I'm not sold on your business. <laughs> there, I had to sneak one in. I had to somehow sneak it in there. You did good. We're going to wedge it in the end. But that's a wrap. Thanks for coming, Nate. Yeah, thank you much. Let's do this again next week, uh, episode three. Of I'm course. not sold. Take care, guys. Cool. How long was that? 30 minutes. Holy shit.